Our reading this morning is from Genesis chapter 12 and beginning at verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and I on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued towards the Negev. Thanks, Mark. More than all. Well, the subject today is obedience. In fact, I suppose the very first step that we take in the Christian pathway is a step of obedience when we put our faith and trust in Jesus. And then, of course, we're called as Christians to a life of obedience. As we progress in our Christian pathway, we uh, seek to obey God's word. We obey the leading and the direction of the Holy Spirit. And we seek to obey whatever God has in mind for us. You know, the verses we've read in Genesis, which Matt helpfully suggested for today, is a very uh, fitting passage of Scripture when we consider the subject of obedience. Abram is a great example of one who was obedient to what God called him to do. In fact, in that great faith chapter of Hebrews 11, we read this of Abram. It says, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. You know, the Lord loves it when we take a step of obedience when we move in obedience to his call, it really delights his heart. A few years ago, uh, I was in Canada uh, attending a conference with Mark and Evie in the city of Toronto. And while we were there, our hosts took us up the CN Tower. And that's a really tall tower in the, in the center of, of Toronto. I think it's about, it's over 550 meters high. It's over 1,800 feet high. And at the top of the tower, there's this uh, uh, circular area where you can walk around and you get these spectacular views of the city. And at the top of the tower, there's an area there that's made of glass. And so if you stand on the glass, there's nothing between you and the pavement hundreds of feet below. 
And just beside the glass, there's a sign that's there to give you confidence to stand on the glass. Now, the sign tells you that the glass can bear the weight of three and a half orca whales or 35 Canadian moose or 41 polar bears and so on. Unfortunately, there are no polar bears up in the tower. I don't know why you're laughing. I'm serious. There are no polar bears up in the tower to, to test that theory. So there I was, standing a foot away from the glass floor, peering over to the pavement below. What did I do? Did I stand on the glass? Well, I did, but not for too long. I did stand on the glass. I trusted what I was told. And I was told that the glass would easily bear my weight. Now, I was fairly confident that the glass wouldn't break. I don't think the Canadian Tourist Board would want tourists to be plunging to their death all these hundreds of feet below every time they stood on the glass. But I still had to take that step of faith. You see, no one else could do it for me. So when God calls us to be obedient, when God calls us to take a step of faith, no one else can take that step for you. No one else can be responsible for your step of faith. You must take personal responsibility for what God is calling you to do. See, time and time again in the Bible, God calls his people to obey him. We read in Deuteronomy, and now Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. You know, these are wonderful words, aren't they? really struck me as I read that passage, for your own good. You know, God hasn't changed. God still calls us to take that step of faith for our own good. God has nothing else in mind for us but our own good. Such is the God that we serve. So let's this morning just consider what we can learn from, about obedience from the passage of scripture that's been read to us. In one sense, it's very simple. God called and Abram obeyed. And you know, I sometimes think we can make the subject of God's call too complicated. I actually think it's very simple. God wants to call us and make his will simple for us. And so firstly, what can we learn? This is the first thing. Don't expect God to give you a detailed plan. <laughs> when God called Abraham, he didn't know where he was going. Everything wasn't mapped out for him at the start. We know that from that verse we quoted in Hebrews 11. That Abraham went out, called to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. And I think there's a very important point here. See, although Abraham didn't know where he was going, I don't think Abraham took the decision lightly. 
Abraham knew there would be a cost. He knew he would pay a cost in obedience to God in taking that step of faith. Obedience to God will always come at a cost. Although at the outset we don't know the extent of the cost, we must be prepared for obedience to cost us. And when you step out in obedience, and we're going to consider this this morning, there will inevitably be a time cost. If God is calling you to do something this morning, to step out in faith, there will be a time cost. There may be a financial cost. And I want to say this, be prepared to be misunderstood. When God calls you, be prepared to be misunderstood, even by close friends. Even by the church. Be prepared to be misunderstood even by the church. Be prepared even to be ridiculed for what you are doing in that step of faith. You know, can you imagine Abraham in church that Sunday morning? Abraham, let's come. We're going to have Abraham up here this morning. Abraham, come up here. We're going to pray for you. Now Abram's going out on an exciting journey. He, tomorrow morning, he's going to take his family and all his possessions, and he's going to head out in obedience to God's will. Let's have a round of applause for Abram this morning. Isn't that fantastic? Abram, I'll tell you what, before I pray for you, can you just tell me where you're going? <laughs> can you imagine that? <laughs> I don't know. He didn't know where he was going, but he was prepared to take that step of faith. You know, I don't know about you, but I like a detailed plan. I'm not someone that likes to just wing it. <laughs> I like to know the details. Just ask the guys that were working with me serving tea and coffee yesterday morning for Jewel. I like to be organized. <laughs> I like a plan. But see, God, when he calls us, he just wants us to be willing to take that step of faith. In obedience, take that step of faith and then step by step, he will reveal the plan. As a church, we're considering church planting. But this applies to whatever God may be calling you to do. God doesn't reveal every detail at the beginning. He does so a step at a time. You know, I remember a few years ago, uh, Jenny was driving to a conference, and the night before, I gave directions, you know, down the M6 and along the A14 and this junction and that junction, and uh, we had it all planned out. Now, in addition, we had one of these tom-tom sat-navs, and uh, a few uh, minutes or a few miles into the journey, Jenny calls me and says, the sat-nav's taken me in a different direction to what you said. And so we talked about it briefly, and we decided to just follow the sat-nav. And sure enough, the sat-nav took Jenny to her destination. And that evening, we were, we were talking about it. And, and Jenny shared about this as an example of, of the Christian pathway. You know, we don't necessarily know the journey we're going on. But we have to trust God for each step of it. And that's what we need to do. We don't know the route God has necessarily planned for us. But we trust the heavenly satnav. We trust the divine tom-tom. He will give us direction for each step of 
life's journey. So don't expect God to give you a detailed plan at the beginning. Secondly, in obeying God, be prepared for the enemy to be set against you. If you set out on God's will in faith, following his plan, be prepared for spiritual battle. Be prepared for it. You know, when you take one step in obedience to God, Satan, the devil, will be set against you. Have no doubt about that whatsoever. You know, as a church, we're considering, as you know, church planting. Do you think the enemy for one minute wants a church plant to go ahead? Does he want the gospel to be preached in another town or another community? Of course he doesn't. The overriding objective of the enemy in the world today is to keep souls in darkness. And so of course he's going to be set against a church plant. Let's be prepared for that. You know, I'll share a little of personal testimony later. But when I answered God's call to move south from my family about over 20 years ago now to do the job I do, I remember receiving a call from my colleague in Australia, Trevor is his name, and he called me, and this is what he said, I always remember it. He says, Ian, the only thing that will keep you going at times is your strong sense that God has called you. And that conversation, as I say, took place over 20 years ago, and I have proved it time and time and time again. You know, some of the greatest challenges the most intense personal attacks and the most horrible stuff I've had to deal with in my entire work and life has been in the job I do now, which is involved in distributing God's word. Folks, be prepared for the enemy to be set against you. Jeez, that's why when someone tells me that God's calling them, sometimes someone will say, God's calling me to do this. I want to know why they think that. I want to know what sense they have about God's call. I want to know that call is real. Because brothers and sisters, I'll say this again. If God's calling you to do something and you step out, it's the sense of that call that will keep you going at times. It is important to know and have that sense of God's call. You know, Matt did a great job earlier in the series talking about God's call, and then we were challenged by Phil B. last week in relation to God's call. And can I just say, in relation to the question, how do we know that God is calling us? It's a reasonable question, isn't it? How do we know that God is calling us? Now, let me give you a deep theological answer. It's this, you just do. You just do. I can't explain it any more simple than that. You just know. You just know. See, I don't think God makes his call so complicated. You need to work it out. Like one of these TV programs where you've got to solve puzzles to, to get out of the cube or whatever the program's called. I don't think God's call's like that. I think he wants to make it simple. I think he wants to make it clear. I think you just know when God is calling you. I'll share a little bit about that later. So don't expect the detailed plan. Be prepared for the enemy to be set against you. And the third point is this. 
be very dependent on the Holy Spirit in your decision making. Be very dependent on the leading of the Holy Spirit. You know, we need to be careful, I always think, criticizing servants of old, but their mistakes or their unwise or their wrong decisions are there for our learning. And when I was studying this passage of scripture, I was prompted to consider in detail the reference to where Abram set up camp. We learn that he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And now no detail is recorded in scripture without a reason. There's no throwaway remarks in the Bible. And so I was really interested. I just really felt the Holy Spirit draw me to this, this part of the section. See, the name Bethel means house of God. The name I means a heap of ruins. And as I consider this, and I know from subsequent investigation, there's lots of different opinions or interpretations on, on this particular sentence. What I sensed I was being led by the Holy Spirit to see was that Abraham compromised. Bethel was where God was. In Bethel, Abraham and his family would have been safe and near to God, but he did not choose to go there. I speaks of the world. It's a place of ruin. It's a place of filth and disaster. It's a place where God is cast aside and ignored. Abraham didn't go there, but he chose the middle ground. And I just, the real sense as I was studying this passage that the Holy Spirit was saying, don't compromise. See, brothers and sisters, we have to be very careful, maybe especially in the days in which we live, not to compromise on the truth of Scripture. This is important in every sphere of life. But I relate it this morning to church planting. A church must stand firm on the word of God. We must not be influenced by the culture of the world. By what I speaks of. The world and the ruin of the world. We must stand firm and true upon the word of God. We cannot be all things to all men, but we must be all things to God. And I felt this was a tough word. I felt this was a hard word. See, in 1 Samuel 15, we read that King Saul won a great victory. But afterwards, the prophet Samuel had to rebuke him. Samuel had to tell him off. Samuel says, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? As much as is obeying the Lord, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. If you read that passage, you find that outwardly Saul had won a great victory. He'd been successful. He'd done great things. 
but he did not obey God in what he was doing. You know, we can be doing great works in our own strength, but if it isn't what God wants us to do, if we haven't that sense of his call, he will not bless it. It won't give him pleasure. Brothers and sisters, I think we're being called in the day in which we live to stand on the word of God. I give thanks for this church. This is a church that I believe stands firmly on God's word. Let preachers in this church preach God's word. And wherever we plant a church, what is of most importance is to stand in obedience to God's word. I know I sound like some old-fashioned preacher. I don't care. I'm passionate about this because I believe we're living in days when we see God's word being turned aside again and again and again. You know, in obedience to God, we must show to the world that we live a different lifestyle. That we stand on different principles. Principles of honesty and integrity. Principles principles of sexual morality. We stand on these things. That we don't use the language of the world in our speech or the ways of the world in our behavior. Yes, separation from the world may be an old-fashioned expression, (laughs) but it's so important. It's so important. Now, don't misunderstand me. We need to live in the world. Every church needs to take the gospel to the world. Of course we do. We need to spend time with people in the world. We can't be not in the world. We've got to be part of the world. But we need to show that we live a different lifestyle. You know, Jesus told his disciples in John 15, this is a hard word. He says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. We don't want to be hated, do we? But Jesus says, if you stand true to my word and my teaching, you will be hated. I don't think I need to share any examples of the things that the world would hate us for as Christians. So let's guard against compromise and stand against the prevailing culture which we see, dare I say it, even in the church today, which is moving further and further and further away from the precious word of God. You know, something that struck me recently as I was thinking about this was in the countries, and I've visited a few over the past year where God's people are persecuted, In the countries today where the church is growing at the fastest rate is where the church is hated the most. Think about that. The church is growing fastest in the countries of the world today where the church is hated the most. Brothers and sisters, Abraham's compromise led to problems. Telling half-truths, losing his reliance on God. Later in that chapter that Mark read to us, we learn about how he lied about his wife to protect himself and the problems that caused. And then he does the same thing later again in Genesis and tries to justify his actions. Let's be careful not to compromise. But you know, God is gracious, isn't he? (laughs) Up hands who's never let God down. 
I'll wait. <laughs> we all let him down. We all fail. We all disappoint him. But God is gracious. God picks us up. And you know, if God has called you, however much you fail and however much you let it down, his plans will never fail. And he will see you through and he will carry you through. You know, Abraham had to deal with challenging situations. Often Isaac is a sacrifice, arguably his greatest challenge. But God blessed him abundantly. We don't have time this morning to consider the blessings that Abraham enjoyed, which come down to us today. But Abraham was blessed abundantly. And you can be sure that as you move out in faith, be it church planting, be it some individual exercise in your life, God will bless you. We're going to hear from Graham and Debbie this morning. I'm sure they can give example of God's call, of the challenges, but the blessings, blessing upon blessing, and how that is blessing generations and will do for generations to come. You know, let me just share for a few minutes some personal testimony, if I may, because it, it ties in with what I've been saying this morning, and it may help some here to identify where they are in this journey of God's call. Because I believe there will be those here today whom God is calling. There will be those here this morning that has a sense, I believe firmly, a sense that God is calling them. If I go back to late 2002, a few years ago now, we were living up in Scotland at the time. I was in a in my career at the time was financial services. It was a good career. It was a, a lucrative career. I enjoyed my job. And I remember towards the end of 2002, I, I was starting to become really unsatisfied with what I was doing. I just had a sense that it wasn't where I was meant to be or where I just had a sense that God was, was calling me. I, I, I can't describe it any more than that. But it was a sense of dissatisfaction with where I was. I wasn't doing anything wrong. There was nothing wrong with my job. I wasn't doing anything illegal. I just had a sense that it wasn't where I was meant to be. And, and maybe that's you this morning. Maybe there's just something there. You have a sense that this is just not what, where I'm supposed to be. In early 2003... I was asked to preach in the local church. And given that my job in financial services was uh, helping people to plan their business, I worked with businesses to develop business plans and plan what they wanted to do and make more money and all this kind of thing. I thought, yeah, what I'm going to do is I'm going to preach about planning to serve God. That's a great title for a sermon. So that's what I preached, planning to serve God in the year ahead. And of course, I gave a great challenge to the audience, to the congregation. What are you planning to do to serve God in the year ahead? The days after that preaching, I really sensed that God was saying, Ian, what are you planning to do? What are you planning to do to serve me in the year ahead? What's your plans? And that was a real challenge. But I remember, and I can remember this as clear as though it was this morning, I prayed this prayer. And I prayed to God, I said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. 
providing you make it so clear to me that I have no doubt whatsoever. (laughs) And you know, I prayed that prayer thinking that was such a safe prayer. Do you know why? Because God never makes it that clear. There's always an escape clause. There's always a way out. There's always room for doubt. But I want to say to you this morning, don't pray that prayer unless you're prepared for your life to be turned literally upside down. And so I prayed that prayer and I forgot about it. And fast forward a few months, uh, Jenny and I and the boys, we were with uh, Gideon's, uh, an organization that we were volunteer members of. And we went to the convention in Birmingham for a weekend in, in May. And I didn't know any detail, I wasn't involved in any leadership or anything like that. But at that time, they were looking for someone to do the job that I do now. And I didn't know too much about that. At the last coffee break of the convention, we were standing having a cup of coffee, just waiting to go into the final session. And this lady came up to me, and she handed me a piece of paper, and she says, Ian, I don't know anything about your job, but she said, God's called me to give you this. And I looked at the piece of paper, it said, job description, executive director. And at that moment, it was as though God himself stood in front of me and said, Ian, that's your answer to that prayer all these months ago. It was so powerful. It was so clear. And that's why I say, you just know. Now, there's a whole other story. Ask Jenny about it later. Ask me about it later. Because what started there was one of the most challenging periods of our life. Because obeying God's call is not necessarily easy. And it was weeks of change and months of change and all the rest of it until we eventually moved here and I started doing that job down in Lutterworth. But I just knew, I just knew that God had called me. And that's why I said at the beginning, it is so important if you're going to step out in faith to have that sense of God's call. Because I'll tell you what, it brings challenges But you know something? It brings incredible blessing. The blessings of God in obeying his call are incredible. Yes, I can share the challenges, but you know something? Far more than that, I can share the blessings. Because God is no man's debtor. And God will never be in your debt. He will bless you and bless you abundantly. So maybe this morning, something that I've said resonates with you. And you're just thinking, I wonder if God is calling me to do something. As the band comes up, can I just, in closing, share the scripture? Because, brothers and sisters, you cannot speak about obedience without mentioning the greatest act of obedience this world has ever seen. Let me read in Philippians chapter 2. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. 
by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. The greatest act of obedience this world has ever seen, and we will never obey to this extent, was Jesus hanging on the cross, Jesus shedding his precious blood, Jesus going into death in order that you and I might have our sins forgiven, in order that you and I might enjoy this new life, in order that you and I might know the joy of peace with God and hope of eternity in heaven. The greatest act of obedience was Jesus hanging and dying and bleeding and suffering on Calvary's cross. And the greatest challenge this morning, I think, for all of us is our response to that. Maybe you're here and you haven't yet put your faith and trust in Jesus for salvation. He wants to call you this morning. He wants to call you to take that step of faith. You know, we began at the beginning about that first step of obedience. Often the gospel is presented as a choice, and in one sense it is, but, but God presents it as a command. In Acts 30, 17, it says, In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to what? To repent. Oh, that's another old-fashioned word, isn't it? Repentance. That's what God wants, to turn from our sin. And to put our faith and trust in Jesus for our salvation. Folks, I just trust and pray that this morning something that's been said just resonates in your heart. Maybe that's prompt to step out in faith. Maybe it's repentance that's needed from your lifestyle. Maybe it's repentance to put your faith and trust in Jesus. Just let me pray. Father, we just thank you for Jesus. Above all, Father, we want to thank you for the one who was obedient even unto death, the death of the cross. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the incredible example of obedience he is. And I just pray that this morning, if there's anyone here who has not yet obeyed your command to repent and turn to Jesus, that they will put their faith and trust in him for salvation. And Father, if you're speaking to our hearts this morning about a step of faith, if you're prompting us to step out and respond to your call, Father, please, I want to pray that you would make your call clear to each one of us. I pray, Lord, that we would know what you want us to do, whether it be in church planting or call to some individual thing, whatever it might be. I just pray, Lord, that you will make things clear that, Lord, we will step out in faith and know the enabling power of the Holy Spirit. Father, thank you. We worship you. We praise you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.